If you're only talking, you know, a couple of thousand dollars to pull out of that property and secure one that seems to be better, mm. buyers will do that. Welcome to the Property Chat Podcast, where your hosts, Matt Frugia and Lachlan McDonald, talk all things real estate. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Property Chat with Lockie and Matt, powered by RealHub. We're here again at the RealHub studios. And Matt, we want to talk about something which is, I guess, really important for buyers and for sellers. Conditional versus unconditional contracts. Can you run us through exactly the difference? Yeah. So naturally, it's something that a question that we get all the time. And I think there's a lot of confusion around buyers who, you know, they'll often say things like they're a cash buyer or they're ready to go, but not quite understand the difference between their offer being conditional and unconditional. So a conditional offer is subject to a cooling off period. So that varies. In most cases, it's five business days. Um, with the banks and with how things are at the moment in the current they climate. They tend to push out a little. They're, yeah. they're five days with the ability for an extension, sometimes 10 days, just depending on what area you're in and how quickly things move. Um, I'm sure in some parts of Sydney it'd be almost impossible to lock something up for 10 days. But um, So conditional means exactly that. It, it is subject to a cooling-off period. It's subject to a couple of different terms that would happen during that time, which we'll go into a bit of depth about. And then an unconditional sale is exactly that. So there is no cooling-off period. You issue what's called a Section 66W, which is prepared by your solicitor or conveyancer, which waives any right to a cooling off period. So predominantly you'd see that used more under auction conditions. So if you're looking to buy something prior to auction, there is no right to a cooling off period. So you would naturally do all of your due diligence prior to that, putting yourself in a position to get that from your solicitor and put that forward. So, um, you know, I think you would know this as an agent, an unconditional offer, an unconditional sale is always something that we, we push for, for our sellers. Mm. It just gives them some certainty moving forward and it just ensures that they remain in control. Um, in your experience, though, with conditional sales, what are some of the things that you see make up the conditions during that cooling off period? Yeah, so there can be a number of things that will need to be investigated throughout that period or also um, finalised. So one of the key things, of course, is finance. Yeah. You know, you'll often find that a buyer might have conditional approval but they need to get the property valued or they may need to provide, you know, a little bit of further evidence to get their finance formally approved. Yeah, because um, they're pre-approved at that point. They're pre-approved, right? yeah. that's right. I think yeah. just on, as, a, as an aside, we really need to be clear about the fact that Pre-approval comes in different stages. Mm. Um, just because you are approved by a, bar, um, by a bank doesn't mean that you have the approval for a specific property. That's the key thing. You know, a lot of people will go into a bank and they'll speak with their, their advisor or their broker and they'll say, yeah, you're approved up to this limit. But when it comes down to actually making an offer and then they speak to them again, they find out that needs to be valued and they actually weren't yeah. formally approved. Yeah. So that's what will take place during that, um, five-day cooling off period the other things are investigations that you will undertake as a buyer so things such as your pest inspections your building inspections your strata reports going through all of the strata minutes for the building yeah. these are key things that you'll need to be doing throughout that period now as a seller of course the downside of a conditional offer or a cooling off period is that at any time throughout that five days, that 10 days, a buyer can pull out mm. and they only lose 0.25% of the sale price. Now, it's not an amount to be sneezed at, of course. It's not a small amount, but it's certainly not a 10% deposit. No. So it, if there is something they come across throughout that period that for whatever reason deters them, we've even seen situations where they see another property throughout that five-day cooling off period and it seems to be better better value so if you're only talking you know a couple of thousand dollars to pull out of that property and secure one that seems to be better mm. buyers will do that 
and it does happen. So I think these are the important things to consider from a seller's perspective. Yeah, and I think, look, as a buyer, I can understand wanting that time for a cooling off period, especially if it's something that, you know, if you are a first-time buyer, predominantly it's really difficult for them to get unconditional finances um, when they're leaning on the bank for most of the finance. And especially with the bank, they're happy to lend the money, but they want to make sure they, they're comfortable with how you're spending it. So mm. that's the idea behind the valuation. So I think, you know, from a buyer's point of view, if you're going to have to go down that route of needing the cooling off period, it's about trying to make sure that you organise yourself quickly within that time to get everything sorted so that you're not needing an extension so that you're going to be ready to go by the time the cooling off period expires, which is at the end of that five-day business period. Um, mm. The other thing that I would probably say is that from a seller's point of view, the other, the other side of the cooling off period is that a buyer can renegotiate during that time. Of course, it's up to mm. you as the seller whether you want to do that. But I think you, you lose control to some degree when you head down that cooling off route. You're taking the property off the market. So I think that's the big thing that a lot of vendors forget. You've invested five, ten thousand $10,000 in marketing. You've got all this exposure. You've had all this traffic through the property. And then a buyer puts down a small deposit and you're supposed to take that property off the market, They're all of the in other control. interest has gone and shopped something else. Yeah. Yeah. So you do lose control. It's part and parcel of the for sale method and, and it's, you know, partly the reason why we do push auctions so heavily because there is no opportunity for a cooling off period. When it is the for sale method, most buyers are so accustomed to getting their cooling off period. So you not wanting to give one doesn't make a lot of sense to them. They don't understand why there isn't the chance to just put in an offer, negotiate that, get that stage done, then go and do their research. Mm. With an auction listing, you know, I've got one at the moment, the, the buyer's interested, they want to step out and look to do something prior to, they're doing a strata search on their own time, not on our time, which means that the buyers that we're working with, we're still working with and pushing towards the auction date. So there are some things that sellers can do to perhaps negate the need for a cooling off period. And you said there in, in a for sale campaign, generally buyers will expect that they'll get a cooling off period. But there are some steps you can take as a seller in order to maybe give a buyer the confidence to move forward without that. Yeah. So that can be things such as undertaking your own pest and building. Now, a buyer might not totally rely on it. They might want to get their own, but some buyers will. You know, it's an independent contractor and a lot of buyers will recognise that that person, you know, has a, a duty to provide an honest report. Mm. So a lot of people will rely on it. Other things that, you know, you can, of, of course, do is have your own strata report prepared, yeah. which, you know, we recommend for anyone who's selling an apartment. It just makes it so much easier. Because they, they take up to two or three days depending on where you are and it is like yeah. it is something that you generally see holds up a sale because there, there's so many times where we've been in a position where a buyer isn't the one who's holding it up who's saying i, I don't want to proceed at that rate mm. it's just more so they've got their solicitor giving advice and when it's in the cooling off period there's no chance of hurrying that along it, it you've just got too many things to consider and for most solicitors they're not really in a rush to want to see that finalize they'll just they'll know they've got the five days and they'll work within those time constraints Oh, that's an interesting point you bring up and I think it's it's good to be aware of that as a buyer is that when you are in a cooling off period, you are somewhat at the mercy of your solicitor because if you need things done or there's changes to the contract or things that need to be negotiated between the solicitors, um, that can really hold up the purchase. Mm. And the vendor does not have to give you an extension to the cooling off period. And I think a lot of buyers sort of don't understand that. And um, perhaps it's something which as an industry we haven't explained well enough that yep. really a five-day cooling off period is all that's legislated. Yeah, so if a, an owner is willing to give you 10 or 14 to get everything in order, that's fantastic. But the reality is you could go through that process, get your pest and building, get your strata report, whatever it may be, everything's fine. But then you're reliant on your solicitor getting everything done 
and ready to exchange by mm. Friday, 5 p.m., let's say, whenever the cooling off period expires. And if they don't, the seller's well within their rights to take it back to the market. Now, that agent might actually have other offers sitting in the wings. Mm. So that's something to consider for a buyer. If you are going down that cooling off route, make sure your solicitor understands the urgency and appreciates that you really want this done by that yep. time frame. There, there may not be a chance for, for an extension. Yeah, but I think as well as a buyer... There's nothing more powerful than if you are in a position to, to offer something unconditionally, get yourself organised and do that because we see in a lot of cases some vendors aren't in a position to take things by chance. They might have secured another property prior to selling their current property and might just want to get the deal done. Mm. And I think for a buyer it's extremely powerful to be able to go forward to an agent with an offer on a signed contract with your deposit, with the 66W to say, you know what, we're ready to go, here it is, take it to the vendor. It's really powerful. And I think there is a big difference between those two offers when an agent is presenting them to the seller too. You know, you and I both know that and buyers will often say, oh, hey, I'm willing to offer an extra 10000 for example, but there's an offer that's unconditional that's 10000 less versus their 10000 more but it's conditional. Yeah. They are not equal offers and we have to as agents advise our sellers to that effect because we have to say, look, hey, this offer, these people are, are, are you know, willing to give you 10,000 more if this all goes to plan. Mm -hmm. However, these people that's $10,000 less, they are ready to sign today and it's bird in the hand and it's done. Yeah. You know, so that extra 10 whilst that buyer is willing to offer it may never eventuate and the vendor has to take that into consideration. Yeah. So I think that's something which is important to remember that if you are making offers against people who are in a position to go unconditional, you are you'd have to be offering a substantial amount more to make that enticing. An extra yeah. 5000 probably isn't worth the risk for most sellers. Mm. And I think that's something which can be really frustrating for buyers and I totally understand that. You're thinking, hey, I'm offering more money. Why won't you take it? Yeah. But it's not the same. It's not an unconditional offer and that carries you know, a fair bit of weight. Doesn't have the same certainty. That's right. And yeah. and another thing with that is, is settlement terms as well. You know, if we're talking about um, offers being equal, settlement terms can weigh into that as well, you know. So yeah. if you've got a really long settlement, you've got an un um, a conditional offer that needs a five-day cooling off plus a 90-day settlement, it's not the same as someone who's offering an unconditional contract and four-week settlement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally different. 100%. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. We hope that that gave some insight on conditional versus unconditional sales. If you have any more questions on that, reach out to Lockheed myself at any time.